0: Welcome back. Another episode of Inside Illinois Football as the 2022 season gets closer by the day. You fired up, Scott Ritchie?
1: Sure. All right. Uh, It's about two and a half weeks before Illinois plays Wyoming in the first game of the season. Um, I won't say which week it is because that's a a false statement. All right, Bob. I was actually the first one to really just question... The purpose of calling it week zero when there's like a dozen games happening like that's the first week of the season if there was one game happening the college football season has started it's the first week but everyone wanted to be cute and have this you know week zero concept so here we
0: are i feel this is a hill that we're uh, eventually going to die on so uh yeah anyway it's my hill all right, well, that's Scott Ritchie, beat writer here at the News Gazette for All Things Illini. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor at the News Gazette, and we're here for episode 50 of Inside Illini Football, big, uh big milestone in, in our podcast history, Scotty.
1: Yeah, and this is like three weeks in a row, too. I know, right? Which, <laughs> like, we're setting this standard that we're going to have to, like, keep for, for the, the next, next
0: to the three to four months, yeah. or longer, if Illinois just decides to... Have a memorable season here in Champaign. Okay. Some hesitation I sense on the. Yeah, well, I don't
1: it. think this team's going to make the college football playoff. Okay. Bowl game? Yeah.
0: Big Ten title game?
1: A bowl game's more likely. Okay. Fair enough. And it might be one of those cases where there's so many bowl games that,
0: like, a five win team gets an invite. Never know. Uh, training camp is. In the dog days of training camp everyone's fired up, ready to go when the when training camp starts and I'm sure the players are tired of meetings and I'm sure the coaches are if you inject true serum in them are kinda tired of meetings as well and they wanna they wanna hit someone in a different colored jersey. Uh I know they technically wear different colored jerseys during training camp. What the offense is blue? Offense blue, defense, defense white, white quarterbacks are orange. Yeah. Don't hit the quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, those are the ones you can't touch ever. At all. Even.
1: Of course, we weren't invited to Monday's scrimmage, but I assume there was no tackling to the ground of Tommy DeVito and Art Sikowski and the rest of the quarterbacks, uh, just in case.
0: But there was tackling on Monday during a closed scrimmage at Memorial Stadium. Phyllis in, Scott. Well, From again,. A scrimmage you didn't see. Wasn't invited.
1: so <laughs> Along just,
0: with other reporters as well.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. Just me that was like, there's my picture on the door is like, don't let this man in.
0: Um, They might have that though.
1: I think at a time there might have been one of those, Um, but just the the break in what is what is the typical camp schedule, which is
0: um, what Johnny Newton explained this to you the other day. Yeah, it's like defensive lineman for the Illini.
1: He wakes up about five thirty every morning and then. You know, they head to the Smith Center for roughly four hours of meetings, and that's, you know, full defense, full offense, position, groups, specialists. I mean, lots of meetings. And they practice.
0: Does anybody sing Billy Jean during these meetings?
1: Well, the, I also am not invited to
0: those, so. Um, so we don't know if there's an Aiden Hutchinson breakout performance we in don't. these meetings. Okay.
1: Um, then there's practice, you know, two hours-ish, maybe, you know, two and a half, and then they have some more meetings, then a break, and some more meetings, <laughs> and then dinner, and then some more meetings, and then a walk through, and then they can finally go to bed, and then wake up and do it all over again. So Monday, like it was, and they treated the the two days leading up to that as like they would on a game week. So Saturday's practice was like a Thursday mm-hmm. on a normal game week. Then. Friday's off or Sunday's off day was sort of like a Friday where there's you know, just some meetings and you're just, you're just getting maybe mentally ready mm-hmm. you know, for game day and then the scrimmage, which again we weren't invited to, uh, so don't know. I mean, Brebilma mentioned a bunch of players afterwards that had you know, impressed, including some freshmen. Uh, I think you know, two, I think, that are maybe getting the
0: most. You know, hype mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Most uh, acknowledgement. Yeah, um,
1: one on offense, one on defense. We got uh, Hank Beatty the wide receiver out of Rochester. Some pressing his teammates, pressing the coaches, which is with his catching ability. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's a f- former high school quarterback. And mm-hmm. you know, Isaiah Williams you know, said this is like he's impressed with the way that you know Hank can haul in the passes because Isaiah has made that same mm-hmm. quarterback to receiver. Move, and then on defense, you know Ryan Walters talked about him after Saturday's practice, which we actually did get to see. I'm going to ask
0: you about that later.
1: And then Prebielma mentioned him again on Monday, um, more than any other player, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's Matthew Bailey, the mm-hmm. safety out of Moline.
0: And A late addition. One Jay. of
1: the last additions, at least ago. as far as high school prospects go, um, but he's been repping with the ones and, and the twos already. And part of that's, you know, Sidney Brown's been held out for a not
0: serious issue. I mean, and undis- those are always undisclosed issues, which are really hard to, yeah, they're at, really,
1: I mean, at least go the Lovey Smith round. Just give us like a region
0: of the body. Just, you just go NHL parlance, just lower body, upper body. Yeah. Something.
1: Um, So Sidney's been out. We're told is not an issue. And I mean, th- he doesn't really need training camp.
0: It'll it will be an issue if he's out for Wyoming in two and a half weeks. He's
1: supposed to be back, I think, sometime this week. So. Okay, fair enough. But so Matthew Bailey in Saturday's practice repped with the number one defense, which was stunning because obviously we're not allowed to watch anything but stretching for the most part. And I had no idea that Matthew Bailey had jumped, you know, clear up the depth chart like that, so that's what we, we know what we're told. And then I actually got some eyes on Saturday too. See what else we could find out.
0: Yeah. All right, I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions here, Scotty. Who's the starting quarterback? Tommy DeVito. Has it not been officially announced? No, but no. But uh, the might worst, as well worst kept secret in Champagne, right? I now? don't know.
1: It's like maybe Artzykowski over the next not quite two weeks because they're going to announce it the Sunday before. At least to the team, probably won't tell us um, who the starting quarterback is. But so Art's got to. Slim chance to maybe usurp that
0: QB one. We've basically got like a what a week left. Basically, they're going to start game planning for Wyoming here. I mean, it's it's
1: it's Tommy DeVito.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's just be honest.
1: Okay, and I think what puts him ahead is one, he just had more time in Barry Lonnie's offense, you know, because Arzkowski missed all of spring, Mm -hmm. Um, and two, I think you know he's. Not going to, like, tuck and run all the time, but he is mobile enough where he can just keep plays alive and seems to be fairly accurate in the passing game so far. I mean, that was – it's been an issue at Illinois. Brandon Peters had a big arm, but we're never totally sure where it was going. He just didn't have a great completion percentage. Mm -hmm. Um, Tommy's a little more accurate. So it's it's always been his job to lose, and he hasn't lost it. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Who's the starting offensive line? Who's going to protect Tommy DeVito? Well, that's the big issue. So he can become the first Illinois quarterback since 2015 to start every single game.
1: That would be something. Um, And that's because, like, Syracuse couldn't keep Tommy DeVito upright, and he had a couple different injuries in his time there and led to him losing the starting job. Um, But the the line is basically set. Um, Left tackle is Julian Pearl.
0: Okay, Danville native. Left guard, Isaiah Adams. Junior college transfer in his first season.
1: Uh, center is Alex Pilstrom.
0: Former walk-on tight end from high school basketball powerhouse, Glenbard West.
1: Uh, I don't think they were a powerhouse when he was there. He'll claim
0: it. He's an alum. Yeah, because he's in his sixth
1: year of college, and like they
0: just won the state title. And he's not the oldest one on the offensive line.
1: <laughs> um, I, he actually might be. I think he's older than I Alex Pachewski. Okay. because like months. Days. Yeah. Okay splitting hairs here special was 17 when he arrived <laughs> That is his training camp <laughs> in 2017 i think
0: one of the greatest quotes of training camp so far was a story you wrote uh, last week about alex falcheski and uh in-state native started like you said was 17 when he started first training camp he was uh a freshman in college when the current freshmen like matthew bailey on the Illinois team were in eighth grade
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just something um so Pilcherman center uh Right guard
0: is where... Is that the big kind of open question right now? Right guard. Okay.
1: Um, and it's really... It's not like that open of a question. It's either Zy Chrysler, another Juco transfer. Big or
0: dude. Large human being. Yes, he,
1: he 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 slimmed down a little bit from when he first got to Champaign in January. You know, tank right.
0: Still large. Yeah, it was like... <laughs>
1: I'm not going to confuse him for a small person now, but... Like he's just in you know better shape, and then Jordan Slaughter is also in the mix. In the mix at right guard. Okay. Um,
0: so you got two JUCOs, first year guys, likely starting on the offensive line,
1: and then the right tackle is Alex Pacheski. Okay. Back in his, I guess, m- his preferred normal spot. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. How do you feel about the offensive line as a whole? A- and and again, we can talk more about this too later. It seems, and we addressed this on Monday Night Sports Talk too, and. This has been an ongoing theme for Illinois football for the last decade or so is like when you look at the starters in place, you you feel some you feel a slight sense of hope. It's just the depth issues they have is what is leads to a lot of question marks.
1: Yeah. And I mean I think you can look at the starting offensive the line and feel good about that group. Of course you could have said the same thing last year with all of that experience with Baderian Lowe, low Doug Kramer Jack Padovenna, I mean, and it, they just didn't quite maybe match the expectations that everyone had
0: for them, and was that scheme, was that scheme was it guys just underperforming, and he had two guys that started in the offensive line last year that are in nFL training camps right now and were yeah, Doug Kramer
1: might be the starting center for the bears it's pretty pretty cool, I think. I mean, it, it almost uh, offensively it almost just all comes down to the passing game last year which mm-hmm. was just non-existent and yeah you, you have an offensive line that's facing eight nine ten guys in the box like that there's five of them even if you had a tight end or two or three or a barge i mean like the, the so barge was when they could match like what? All.
0: What do you think would generate more cheers for Barry Lenny's first play call as the Illinois offensive coordinator? Would it be Illinois comes out in the barge formation with what nine offensive linemen or five wide Tommy DeVito shotgun by himself? I don't know that either
1: of those will probably happen. I'd um, get
0: fired up for a I formation, two running backs, Josh McCray in a fullback spot, Isaiah Williams and. Casey Washington split out wide, and Luke Ford and Tip Ryman. Let's go run the ball.
1: I think you just named 12 guys, but... Whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that'd be even, that'd be... <laughs> if you pull that off, that'd be great. No, I, like,
1: if... I think the fans will only, like, they'll be at their most excited if the first play of the season either is a pass to Isaiah Williams or a pass to Luke Ford. Okay. I think that's all. It's all the fans want. Okay. Throw it, like throw to Luke Ford, and then because
0: they're going to be out in stifling heat in late August, three p.m. kick. Yeah, shade will be an issue for most fans in Memorial <laughs> Stadium. But.
1: Thank you, climate control in the press box. <laughs> um, well, back to the offensive line. Like, if the passing game can at least be competent, I mean, I think that makes their job easier because they're not having to block. The nine dudes in the box, you know, in the run game, which, I mean, Chase Brown, Josh McCray both had really good seasons, but, like, Illinois' overall rushing attack was still towards the bottom of the Big Ten, Mm -hmm. and we'll see. I mean, that's, a lot of weight is going to be on Tommy DeVito's shoulders to, like, make something happen Mm -hmm. through the
0: air. Defensively, obviously talked about Matthew Bailey uh, a little bit, opening some eyes as a a freshman in in the secondary. Are there any other big surprises for Ryan Walters' unit that you can kind of read between the lines uh, from what you've seen or or heard around training camp at all? I think one of the best
1: plays Saturday from the defense was uh, another newcomer, Solo Turner, um, transfer from Hawaii, son of former – Illinois, defensive back, I believe, cornerback, Scott Turner, like the fastest man alive, apparently. Um, Solo's big, 6'2", 220, plays safety. Just made an incredibly athletic interception. Um,
0: Is he going to be eligible this season? That's
1: still the question. Okay. But um, if they can figure that out, I mean, it's uh, another piece. And, like, he's got some eligibility left, so it doesn't have to be, like, if it's not now, it's never. Um I mean, I think, and these guys won't start necessarily, but they're definitely going to be in the rotation at their position. Like, Bryce Barnes on the defensive line, like, showed in the spring, like, he's one of the guys, you know, behind Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton.
0: and Pride of Gibson City. Who's
1: just, I mean, played uh, half the positions on the team since his time in Champaign,
0: and not only that, was like... He's athletic enough. He was the news because that's male athlete of the year. Yeah. It's just like, 2018. his weight has
1: just yo-yoed 29. up and down as they've changed positions. Because, like, he dropped a bunch of weight heading into the last season mm-hmm. to be an outside linebacker, and then they decided, well, we're going to put you on the defensive line, so <laughs> put it all back on. And, I mean, doing it in the right way, but, like, that's two very opposite, you know, things to go through, you know, and, Two off seasons, and then
0: see so have the best beard on the team.
1: Yeah, there's just not a lot of them, so oh, like, sort of by default. All right, fair enough. But it, it's it's very good. Yeah. And then Isaac Darkangelo, um, former walk on mm-hmm. linebacker, is I mean Trick Barnes, CJ Hart are like the starters, but then like he, Isaac Darkangelo was got some reps with the ones, so he's I mean it's like a three guys for two spots type of deal, and he's definitely in the mix there from. After transferring from Northern Michigan a couple years ago, mm-hmm. like you
0: sat out 2020, yeah, played last year mainly on special teams. But he's you're, c-
1: you've you're carved out
0: a role in mm-hmm. the, in the defense. You're set to to write more about Dark in in Thursday's
1: uh, News Gazette, yeah. and then the other de- defensive player that I mean, it's his last shot. It's Calvin Avery, and you know, the word from the coaches, and then you know, seeing him. Like he's dropped quite a bit of weight. He's moving as well as he ever has. And maybe it's just finally this is the year that he unlocks his full potential just because he hasn't been able to stay on the field long enough, you know, enough plays in a row to make an impact. And they need someone at, you know, nose tackle, nose guard, whatever you want to call it, to just create some havoc. Because that's, you know, Rod Perry didn't have a ton of like counting stats. Like, mm-hmm. Not a ton of tackles or sacks or whatever, but he just disrupted so much, you know, at the point of attack, in the middle, you know, of the offense that it allowed the guys around him to make plays. And if Calvin Avery can do that, that'd be that'd be pretty big.
0: Some recruiting news. Obviously, recruiting never stops. Uh, Illinois lost another player in the class of twenty twenty three on Tuesday, and they picked one up this past Saturday. Uh fill us in on, on those details, Scotty.
1: Well we'll go with the addition since it happened first, but you know, Zachary Toby? Tobe?
0: Toby, I think. Out of Toby's like, on the fan mind of a lot of Illinois fans these days. Toby McGuire. Oh, that's true.
1: Um so a uh, safety out of Kobe, Florida. Teammates with uh, another twenty twenty three commit, uh Calvin Smith, I believe he goes by Trey. Okay. Um but Illinois managed to flip Zachary Toby from North Carolina. Now, like he was the Tar Heels like like probably lowest ranked recruit and immediately jumped into the top four for Illinois. So I think it's just a example of almost got work to do mm-hmm. on the recruiting front still. But to me that's a, a good flip. And Illinois' preference for defensive backs out of Florida continues. At some point they're just all going to be from Florida. <laughs> um, I imagine. But uh, he had a bunch of other, you know, power five offers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe the safety in high school probably will flip to corner just because he doesn't have quite as, quite as much size, um, at least now. But, you know, maybe a, a guy that, I think, you know, Ryan Walters is trying to just accumulate versatile defensive backs that can play multiple positions you know, as he kind of slides in and out of different Defensive schemes—they're all sort of tied together, but you know, from a personnel standpoint, you know, can look quite different. So it's a good get for Illinois. Then they lost their arguably it could have been mm-hmm. their most important recruit because you know Caden Fagan's the highest ranked out of Arthur, the only four-star.
0: Caden Fagan is a large man. Yes, he, he was in the News Gazette office here on <clears throat> Monday. We we started a new event this year that we hope to continue moving forward we're kind of high of uh, <coughs> high school football media days We made it a media week essentially where we brought in uh, all the teams and players that, some of the top players and coaches from our area and the dude is uh, he's big I yes. would not want to get run over by him especially in high school
1: especially the high school teams that
0: the small school teams against. that he will play exactly yeah. I better commit like four dudes at
1: least to try and <laughs> tackle him but I mean so highest ranked recruit and, like, uh, kind of a must-get guy. I mean, he mm-hmm.
0: and plays, heart, and Harkless. He's, a, he's an Arthur. Yeah, exactly. But the the commit they lost on Tuesday. But
1: Jamarian Harkless, defensive lineman out of uh, Kentucky. Kentucky, maybe the most important, just because, as Lauren Tate will say, you have to recruit defensive linemen and offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Those are the important ones. And Jamarion Harkless. He's a big boy. <laughs> and, like, he had, you know, a bunch of other Power 5 mm-hmm. offers, you know, like a good athlete at, of you know, his size and and he's gonna look somewhere else so that's uh, probably a bummer if you're Brett because you thought you'd gotten a, maybe a steal mm-hmm. when Harkless committed
0: well, that's in two, early that's, June that's two decommitments right now
1: yeah her. also lost Rico Jackson an offensive tackle out of Florida
0: earlier in August yeah or late July I can't remember the
1: date um, exactly it's like right before Big Ten Media Day so late okay. July
0: um, Illinois is what, still 13th in the 247 composite recruiting rankings? Yeah, in the Big Ten. and Only ahead of Indiana?
1: Mostly because of volume. Because mm-hmm. Illinois' got, I think, 14. They bounced back and forth between 14 and 15 a couple times now. They have 14 commits. Indiana's got 8. Okay. All right. So, you know, that class was little bottom heavy to begin with. Mm-hmm. And like losing Harkless, even after getting Zachary Toby is like it doesn't balance the sheet. Like Harkless was
0: a legit dude, I think. And
1: now they don't have that. Now there's always a the transfer
0: portal and that's what I was going to ask is obviously the transfer portal has flipped college athletics upside its head and transformed a, a lot of uh, things about the, the sport. But do you think at some point brett and his staff if they obviously you have to recruit high school players or junior college players because you have to have that continual depth built up but a lot of times we see in college football and i'm not making excuses for illinois by any stretch of the imagination they've had against and keeping up the pace with recruiting against their big 10 their fellow big 10 teams for quite some time uh, because you have to build up that depth. a lot of times with the recruiting classes you don't see the full weight of that class until two or three years after they sign and how they develop and if they become players. It's rare for a guy like Matthew Bailey to be practicing with the starters in his first training camp as a true freshman. That is the exception rather than the norm in college football. Uh, Do you see an instance where Bielema and his staff just go almost kind of like what Lovey did? Where they just kind of, okay... We're not going to win some of these battles. Let's just... Let's be... Let's really go after the portal and and find some, some hidden gems in there. Or is that not logical?
1: I think the portal now, where you've got guys that have multiple years mm-hmm. of eligibility, it's a little different, as opposed to you know, maybe just getting a grad transfer for a season. Um, but I think... In football, still going like hog wild on transfers—it's just a band aid mm-hmm. for the real issues. Like you've got to build a football team from the ground up
0: essentially,
1: mm-hmm. and you can't. Like in basketball, like one or two guys from the portal can make a huge difference. Yeah. Football—it's just—it's harder mm-hmm. for that to to happen. So, to you know, talked about this 2023 class always being smaller. Um, in terms of high school recruits, like maybe 18, oh. and then, of course, the NCAA rule change where if you got guys out, you can have guys in. There's mm-hmm. no like limit anymore on you know, how many players you can add. It changes things, but they're gonna have to mm-hmm. hit the transfer portal and probably hit it hard this off season and hope that it works better than it did for Lovey Smith because there weren't a lot of breakout transfers that they brought in, uh, Josh Matterbebe, probably one of the – I mean, ch- like Chase Brown's a transfer. Mm-hmm. That, was the, that was the traditional city year mm-hmm. transfer. Um, I don't know that Brett Bielema's had that impact transfer yet. Maybe Tommy DeVito can be that Maybe guy. Maybe he becomes uh, – for a,
0: but for but Just for a year. He becomes what Russell Wilson was for Brett Bielema in 2011 at Wisconsin. That would be something. That would be something. Then we're, then Russell we're Wilson
1: plays in the NFL now.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: 12th man. Oh, wrong team. <laughs> uh, so I don't. It's. I think you got to strike a balance, but you can't. I, I don't like Michigan State. Went heavy on transfers, Mel Tucker, and it worked.
0: Kenneth Walker all, was really, really yeah. good.
1: Daniel Barker might be a, a big piece for the Spartans this year, but. I mean, they hit on, like, all the tra- – like, it's – it doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But a lot of building still left to do, I think, with this Illinois football program.
0: All right. Well, the, we're going to wrap up uh, this week's uh, edition of the podcast. Scott's got to head out to Memorial Stadium here in a few minutes for some, uh, some post-practice interviews. We'll have plenty of coverage in the pages of the News Gazette. In the coming days and at AlignHQ.com, uh, I got a big story planned on Barry Lenny Jr., the new offensive coordinator for Sunday, so Scott, good luck on delivering upon that. And Scott, right now, is also in the process of breaking down the entire Illinois football roster. How many players are on this year's roster as it stands right now? Do you know the exact number?
1: Uh, no, I haven't. I didn't count them, but like more than 100?
0: Okay, fair enough. We'll have full that. Bob Osmussen's going to answer some five pressing questions ahead of the opener as well. All coming in, in this Sunday's News Gazette, uh, media days. The Illinois is having their, their media day on uh, late, sun, late Saturday afternoon uh, at Memorial Stadium. So plenty of content will come out of that uh, in, in the next week or so. But uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of Inside Atlanta Football.